Yelich sends one to right center and deep. Get up! Get up! Get out of here and go! For Yelich! He has tied the game with a booming home run. He got it all. Tied up 4-4 on a big home run the pitch. Ryan Braun sends it to right center and deep. What's going on, Ball and Glove loving Brewer fans? Welcome to the Brewers Trilogy Podcast presented by the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy. I am your host, Tyler. You can find me on Twitter at Tyler Kurth. You can find the articles I write at The Brew. You can find the podcast on Twitter at Trilogy underscore pod or find us on the YouTube by searching Wisconsin Sports Trilogy. Joining me as always is my cheesehead loving buddy, Trevor. He is the host of the Packers Trilogy Podcast. You can find his writing at Dairyland Express. And you can find him on Twitter at Bender underscore Trevor. So, how are you doing today, buddy? Doing pretty good. Recording on a Friday. Got a nice full weekend. At least I have a nice full weekend ahead of me. So, excited for that. Got a got an ice cold beer in my hand, so can't complain. Yeah, ditto. I'm on the last of my Raspberry Fantasy Factories, which were rather disappointing. So... I'm glad I'll just be switching back to normal Fantasy Factory after this. <laughs> Blech. Blech. Hey, don't hate it. Not a fan. How do you feel about the moon? Nope. <laughs> Not a fan. <laughs> oh, shout out to Benchwarmers. Great movie. <laughs> All right. Benchwarmers is exciting. Winter meetings this year was not exciting. Just absolutely dreadful. There was a few moves that happened when you take a look around the league. I mean, Lance Lynn was traded. Rysiel Iglesias was traded. He was a former Red. Nate Lowe was traded. A couple big signings-ish, I guess. I mean, Carlos Santana and Adam Eaton. But otherwise, it was really rather pitiful. Rumors sucked. The Brewers, of course, were rumored to uh, be interested in Jack Peterson, which is really the only thing that emerged rumors-wise. So I talked a little bit a little bit about it on Brew Crew Tuesday, but what did you think about winter meetings as a whole and Jack Peterson in specific? Well, you know, I'm looking back at your article, Tyler, of what does Milwaukee do after winter meetings. I'm a little bit disappointed that when you mentioned the interest in Jack Peterson, you linked to David Gasper's article and not my article on Dairyland <laughs> Express. Little, a little hurt here. Um, but I, I don't know, wasn't a huge fan of that. You know, I would personally rather see Avi Garcia try to get back to, you know, what we kind of expected him going into the 2020 season. I, I just like the, guy that's going to get on base a little bit more often with okay pop compared to the guy with all of the pop and not getting on base outside of hitting home runs. That's right. I forgot you wrote about that article. So you can uh, take the linking up with my editor. That was that was all him. So I can't <laughs> fire him. <laughs> 
I mean, I think the biggest thing, just to kind of summarize what I said in the video, was, I mean, everyone expects Jock Peterson to be an everyday outfielder, but the reality is he doesn't hit against lefties. I mean, 2019, he had less than 50 plate appearances against lefties. We just spent, you know, the last 10 minutes before we started recording trying to figure out when he hit his last home run off a lefty, and we had to dig all the way back to September of 2018. So... Not good, and that was the only home run he hit that year against lefties in 2018. So everyone's just like, put him at first base. I just think that's completely outlandish. I mean, he spent some time there, but it didn't work out. So all in all, I really hope nothing comes of the Jock Peterson rumors. So that's just my last two cents on it. Yeah, I would agree. Like I said, I'd I'd prefer trying to see Avi come back out of the slump that he had in 2020. I think a lot of the Brewers improving from 2020 to 2021 is going to be trusting in their players to get back to what they expected to see in 2020. Christian Yelich, Keston Hira, Avi Garcia, there is a host of guys that need to play better. You know, getting Lorenzo Cain back, hopefully he can get back into form a little bit, hit a little better, all those types of things. You know, a lot of this improvement has to happen who is already on the roster. It, it just kind of has to happen that way, knowing what's hap- what happened this past year, what happened in the, with the money situation. That has to be what happens. And I, like I said, even though Avi Garcia is expensive, I'd like to see what he can do because I think he can be um, a much, much better player than he showed in 2020. I certainly hope so. I mean, they don't give him the nickname. I think it was like Little... Little Cabrera, Little Miggy is something that was his nickname when he was with Tampa Bay because uh, he looks like Miguel Cabrera. So uh, hopefully he can live a little bit more up to that expectations. But you mentioned money, which obviously plays a big role in not only why the virtual winter meetings just sucked and nobody, no transactions really occurred. But if you take a look around the NL Central, I mean, you have the Chicago Cubs and the Cincinnati Reds who are desperately trying to get rid of payroll. So they're getting rid of some of their good players, shopping them around and whatnot. The Pittsburgh Pirates are still rebuilding. So you essentially just have the Milwaukee Brewers and the St. Louis Cardinals who are in the managing payroll type of category. And we've seen in slow off-seasons in the past, the Brewers have benefited from signing, in particular, one-year deals with some bigger high-end free agents. Yasmani Grandal in 2018, and then Mike Moustakis uh, about a month later after that, right before the season began, they signed both of those guys to one-year deals. So, can the Brewers benefit from a market like this again? Sign a fairly somewhat expensive contract to a top-end free agent who is not likely going to get a multi-year deal this year? Maybe. I I think this might play out into our favor. But what do you think about that? Okay. So I am looking at your article here. And again, it's talking about what what the Brewers need to do after winter meetings. Like how can they move forward? All those types of things. And the players you have here that, you know, could be looking for one-year deals at this point, knowing what the market's going to be, you know, it might be a slow market, you know, you might be able to sign these guys later in the offseason to one-year deals. I mentioned two players, two players in, I don't even know how long, it felt like a long time ago, but maybe it was like a month, I don't even remember. But we talked about potential 
free agent signings in one of our podcasts. I don't remember exactly when it was again, but there was two guys that were like dream scenario for me. The first one being Marcelo Suna, which if that's the case, you got to find a trade partner for Avi Garcia after I just talked about wanting to keep him. <laughs> if Marcelo Suna is coming to town, I really don't care. Even if it's for a year, give me Marcelo Suna. That would be amazing. And my other guy was Trevor Bauer. I love him as a personality for baseball. I think I think he brings a lot of potential interest from other people, just the way he kind of carries himself. I know the old school baseball fans probably hate him, but he's a guy that brings some intrigue, some interest. I like the way he pitches. I think he's a very good pitcher. You know, those two guys are who I'm looking at because that would be awesome if we're able to get them on a one-year deal. I don't know if... Adonacio is willing to spend money. I really don't know. Doesn't really seem like it. But if he is, you know, if you make a splash, and you can make a splash with any numbers of players, DJ LeMahieu, James McCann. What about, Tyler, I didn't hear you mention, and I haven't really paid attention. What about Romilto? Has he gone anywhere? Has he signed anywhere yet? He has not. Nope. All right, let's just sign him then. Let's fuck the rest of the catchers on the roster. <laughs> just add another one. <laughs> we only are carrying like 12 catchers by the time opening day comes yeah, no around. Why not? It's like the Bears and tight ends. <laughs> Essentially, that's that's pretty true. Yeah, but I mean, I think the whole like taking a flyer on another one-year deal is very applicable when you look towards the 2021 season and could very easily be a reality because the longer these guys sit, the better chance that has of happening. Like right now, all the Remilto talks and James McCann talks are multi-year deals, but who knows if they're going to get done? Nobody really knows. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. So although winter meeting sucked and was boring, it may actually be good for the Brewers in the long run. If we back up a little bit further before virtual winter meetings, we had the non-tender deadline when the Brewers traded Corey Knable. Well, after the Rule 5 draft, that trade has now been completed. We got Leo Crawford from the Dodgers. So this trade was officially announced complete after the Rule 5 draft, like I mentioned, and he's not a top 30 prospect in the Dodgers organization, but the Dodgers had eight players selected in the Rule 5 draft this year. They, like in Good. previous years, have been sneaky at developing these prospects out of nowhere. And, the, and this year they protected three guys as well. So I, I have no doubt that some of them probably would have been drafted if had they not gone protected. So everyone's going to be like, oh, not a top prospect. I don't like it. But I think there's some potential here. What do you think and what do you know about Leo Crawford? Well, I told you I was going to bring up a stat, and I'm, I'll start with this stat because it's not a very positive one. But also, it's not fair for me to bring this up, but I'm going to anyways because I don't care. Crawford, if you look at his minor league stats, in AAA, he has an ERA of 81. <laughs> what? <laughs> he has an ERA of 81 in AAA. Again, how it's not fair, he's pitched an out in AAA and gave up three runs. So... You know, that's going to add up pretty quick. And just in case you were wondering if, and he actually gave up three earned and another run scored as well. So if that continued and he pitched nine innings, that would be 108 runs. <laughs> Obviously, that's not what's going to happen. 
But I just saw that number. I'm like, whoa, 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 what happened? It was one out. Yeah, he struggled through one out, and that's what happened. He also had a whip of nine in AAA. Um, But he did have fairly solid numbers, I felt like, like looking at some of his double-A statistics. You know, not a lot of innings pitched yet in double-A. He had 30 and a third innings pitched there, but pretty good numbers. An ERA of 2.37. Uh, whip 1.25 and going back into high a and a ball it's it's very similar type of numbers in and high a 2.67 for era um, whip just above 1.2 that's kind of the guy that it looks like you could be getting um, and based on none other than one video i saw on twitter he definitely has a unique kind of wind-up and pitch. It's got like a couple different hitches in his wind-up. That's kind of interesting. Probably can throw the timing off for batters. Um, that That's definitely something interesting to watch. And on top of pretty good statistics in high A and double A, and you have this unique release, you know, that's all exciting. And then on top of that, a left-handed pitcher on top of it. So it's all... I, I like it. It'll be interesting to see what, you know, how long it's going to take him to get to the majors. In in the minors, it's been mostly starting for him. So we'll have to c- continue to see if that's going to be his role and not throwing very fast. Maybe that's the best option for him, but it'll be interesting to watch him kind of coming up into the majors because I do think he is in a, definitely an intriguing prospect, even if he's not a top one. Yeah, most certainly. Like so far, the comps are he's very Brett Suter like. You mentioned velocity isn't very high, weird arm angle. He does work at a different tempo than most other starting pitchers work at. So I think the comp is completely fair. And you mentioned major leagues, like, you know, how long is it going to be? I mean, this is this guy is only 23 years old right now, and he's been playing in the Dominican Summer League since started in 2015, and then Arizona Rookie League 2016. So he's got five, six-ish years, you know, Grant, you know, take this year for whatever it was, under his belt already, and he's only 23 and you mentioned it was a little bit of a roller coaster through the minors, but overall pretty solid numbers. The biggest things I've heard about this guy is he's just learned how to adapt. He's learned how to pitch. He's learned how to outsmart hitters. And, you know, that's, I think, like baseball IQ is something that just goes completely under the radar these days when everyone is just looking at advanced stats. So um, that definitely has some promise there. The other biggest thing I heard about him was this or at least in 2019, the biggest addition was his changeup came a long ways, and that resulted in some increased strikeout numbers. In 2019, he struck out 134 batters in 121 innings. So, I mean, as a starter, that's that's pretty damn good. And if you can keep hitters off speed, even if you don't have a ton of velocity, <laughs> that that's great. And we all love our changeups here in Milwaukee after the emergence of Devin Williams. So. That just adds some extra excitement to the prospect, and I'm I'm really excited to see what he can become. Hopefully, he can become like a mid to low end rotation guy. That would be absolutely perfect in the steal when you traded him for a guy who you were like on the verge of non tendering. So it, it could pay dividends for the Brewers. That is exciting, I think. And you mentioned Devin Williams. I wanted to mention him too. You know, 
a guy that's figuring out a changeup. And now, you know, I don't know if he's going to get a training camp invite or anything like that. But when he does, to be able to pick the brain of Devin Williams and and maybe take a little something, again, no one is going to be able to replicate what Devin Williams does. It's truly one of a kind. And I also feel like he can help a lot of the pitchers on this Brewers staff because, yeah, maybe it's not going to be quite like his, but also he can probably improve their changeup. So that's exciting. You mentioned the strikeout numbers. I While you were talking about that, I quick did the math. That's a 9.9 strikeout per nine for him. So like you said, as a starter, you'll take that. And I freaking did the math, and then I realized that they have that on – <laughs> Glad you know how to do it. Proud of you. <laughs> I, I'm really disappointed in myself. Are you kidding me? Uh, um, but yeah, I, I do think even though he's not a top end prospect, it's definitely someone in two, three, four years that will be interesting to see what happens. I don't think we're going to see a lot of them, if any, of him next year because he's had one out at the AAA level. He's got to prove that he can do something there. And then I'd, I'd love to see kind of what happens and, and what he's able to do there. And maybe we see a training camp invite, not this upcoming season, but the following season, it would be, it's going to be a lot of fun kind of tracking him and see how he does in the minors. For sure. I think AAA would be a fair assessment of a starting spot for him, assuming that there is a normal minor league season next year. I think it's really interesting that the Brewers added another lefty because they just really tend to let – they're stockpiling him now. Like they didn't have any up until what, like the 2019 draft, and then they just started getting them in bunches. I mean, Ethan Small, Aaron Ashby, Anton Kelly. You look at the major league roster, Josh Hader, Brett Suter. We had Claudio probably not coming back. I mean, it's just crazy what they're doing, and – I have a theory, so I kind of want to run it by you. I don't know exactly where the Brewers rank in terms of like left-handed pitching prospects compared to other organizations, but I feel like this has to be by design because left-handed pitchers have increased value, no matter if they're a starter or a reliever, which is good. And when you're the Brewers and the way David Stern has gone about his business, we know we don't have the best farm system. It's one of the best. But if you have valuable left-handed pitchers and you're looking to make a deal and maybe, you know, find the player to make you a, a contender and make help you with a deep playoff push next season, having some of these prospects could pay a lot more dividends than, you know, having a lot of guys in the top 100 prospects. So I think this is all clearly by design and it's we might see some of them go eventually, but I, I like the effort that we're putting forth in getting the lefties right now. Yeah, I agree. Like you mentioned, left-handed pitching has kind of a leg up on right-handed pitching. If you you have them, they're a little bit more valuable. So to me, I don't know why it hasn't happened sooner. This is something that we've kind of known for in the baseball world. We we know that lefties are a valuable asset to have on your team, and it's something that if you want to be very, very effective in the major leagues, unless you have pitchers that all have crazy electric stuff from the right side, you're going to need some left-handed pitchers to, as Craig Council uses them, is just kind of a change of pace, 
switching things. Like he does a very good job of change of pace. It's not only switching handedness, it's switching from 96 to 85, right? He, he does that like all the time. So we were talking about Crawford and that's another guy that you can bring in, you know, let's say just for example, he is like a, a middle reliever type in the majors and you just had Corbin Burns or Brendan Woodruff on the mound. Now you bring him in and then you can bring Josh Hader in for, you know, the seventh, eighth or the eighth and then Devin Williams in the ninth or something. And it's just like constantly changing. You never really know what's coming. The styles are all different. Like I just like what they're doing. I like having some left-handed pitchers. I like having some left-handed pitchers that are power pitchers. I like having some like Crawford, like Suter that are, more of that finesse type of pitcher. I, I just really like that idea. I like the idea of having a lot of righties, a lot of lefties, a lot of guys that can throw fast, a lot of guys that are more finesse I, on both sides. I just think it makes a lot of sense to diversify, especially I think Craig Council thinks that way too because, you know, if you're coming in after Brett Suter and you throw a guy that is throwing 99, that 99 is going to feel like 102 or 101. Like it's just going to feel faster because Brett Suter throws so slow in comparison. So I, I really like the ideas. I like that Crawford was the guy we got and stockpiling lefties makes a whole bunch of sense in my opinion. Yeah. The whole going back to like the piggybacking of starters. I mean, we saw it a lot this year because of the shortened seasons. Guys' arms weren't, you know, completely up to maybe where they should have been. But I feel like that's something the Brewers are just going to keep to continue to use. I mean, imagine throwing out Freddie Peralta, then Leo Crawford, or Drew Rasmussen, then Leo Crawford. Or <laughs> you know, the the options are endless, and mm-hmm. I, I really like it. Um, no matter, you know, who they're a starter or mid reliever, like you said, I don't think that is really that important. But I think that is going to wrap us up here for today. The Brewers remained rather uneventful throughout winter meetings, um, but we did get a new guy to talk about. So glad we were able to do that. Maybe we'll get a signing before Christmas. Maybe not. I don't know. We are hopefully having a payroll guru on here eventually to kind of go over some of all your payroll questions. But of course, unless something major happens before then, uh, we will talk to you guys later. See you later, Brewer fans. Trustin Stearns.